You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio based or banner ads, but on a case by case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, $5, $10, or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. How lucky are we to receive not only one, two, not three, not four, but five new pieces of Wes Anderson cinema in the year of 2023? We already got Asteroid City, and now in September, Netflix released... uh, I I remember this being talked about earlier, uh, maybe like a month or two ago, like, oh yeah, Wes Anderson uh, did some secret like short films. You're like, excuse me? And uh, and they star like Benedict Cumberbatch and Ben Kingsley and Ray Fiennes and Dave Patel. I was like, whoa, what the fuck is going on here? And it's like, and the wonderful, uh, what is it? Uh, the wonderful story of Henry Sugar uh, comes out and uh, uh, played by Benedict Cumberbatch. And it's all based on Roald Dahl's uh, short stories. I was like, oh, well, that's really cool. And we were talking about this before we recorded. Like, well, it's 40 minutes. That's easy peasy. You watched it. Let's go ahead and record. And then all of a sudden we figure out, there are three other shorts uh, that he also released. They're a part of this whole collection of Roald Dahl's short stories and and um, like accounts uh, that he had from, I guess, like some of his like diaries or just like stories he was thinking about writing. I was like, oh my god! And don't you know it? They're all fucking fantastic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, this is uh, right, Sulek. Uh, going to talk about all these new Wes Anderson short films, and I have with me uh, Melina. Hi, it's Melina, I said, and then I looked back at Ryan and waited for what he had to say. <laughs> and Ryan, of course. Hello, hello, hello. So, uh, okay, now uh, we're, we can go back and forth through all the different shorts, but uh, let's let's start with the, the main one, the wonderful story of uh, Henry Sugar, uh, where it's... It, Every one of the the shorts, though, does have this, like, framing device where Ray Fiennes is, like, sitting in a chair playing Roald Dahl, and he's sometimes narrating or just kind of doing, like, let's say asides Mm -hmm. of, uh, like, putting context maybe around, like, either the time period or just, like, what the person was feeling at the time and, like, where this came from. But it's all in that dry, very witty humor that Wes Anderson has. And, um, And it's Henry Sugar is uh, basically a, a gambler, kind of just a, a, a rich man, but has really nothing going on in his life. And he encounters someone uh, played by Ben Kingsley, uh, Ima, uh, Imdad Khan. I think that's what I mean. um, basically, he's a guy that could close his eyes and, or no, he reads a story about him. That's right. That I forget the other thing too, that Wes Anderson still does, especially with this, uh, this film uh, more than ever is that just like the, the grand Budapest hotel, it's like story within a story, within a story, within a story. Oh yeah. And, uh, and yeah, it's just, 
it's bonkers where it ends up going. But it's Henry Sugar just comes across a book, reads this story about them, and then we see the story actually written or shown. And it's a guy who developed a, an ability to see with his eyes closed or covered. And he's reached this enlightened period. So he could do all these different things. He can ride a bike. He can walk across the traffic. Uh, like he could do all these different things. And then Henry Sugar then says, oh my God, that's a genius idea. I'll take years training myself how to do the same thing. And then I can gamble and play blackjack and win all this money. And he becomes this very selfish, he's this very selfish character at the very beginning and then starts to see the, the light of like, wait, maybe I can give back to the community. And that's kind of like the base of what the story is about. But of course, with Wes Anderson, the dialogue is really funny and and witty and all, like all the actors in it are just like fucking great. Or like Richard uh, Ayode. Ayode. Um, he's fantastic in it. Like he's a little more of a bit role in this one, but he's like in the rat catcher uh, quite a bit more. Mm -hmm. Uh, but the, it's it, it, all the sets are put together. Like it felt like, um, like fantastic. Mr. Fox. It was just like all little like pieces, like a stage play again, all put together. And it's like, this is so goddamn good still. Like I, I know that there are quote unquote lesser Wes Anderson movies, uh, but there, you forget those. Like, oh wait, but they're all incredible for the most part. Exactly. Like they're they're all really really good. But I'd love to hear what you guys have to say about this, Melina. What did you think about the at least the the wonderful story of Henry Sugar? Well, addendum to what you just said, it's like yes, you can say that there are the quote unquote uh, lesser Wes Anderson films. No two people are ever going to agree on what those are. Uh, but yeah, no, I absolutely loved this short. I mean, yeah, it's forty minutes and. It is such a breeze to get through, and most of yeah. that has to do with the way that Wes Anderson famously tells his stories. He does a ton of creative visual stuff that always makes everything feel like it has this constant sense of forward movement. Uh, something that he did with all four of these, particularly this one that I noticed, is that he actually reuses a lot of his actors. Almost all of them are playing multiple roles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and... Something that I think that you you touched upon, but was one of my favorite things about this was, it's not just that the actors are going through the story and telling it layer by layer, they're narrating every single bit of what is happening, as if they're mm -hmm. doing as if they're reading from Roald Dahl's story and acting it out as they do. The whole thing right. does feel like this big, colorful stage play where it's like they're. Mm -hmm. Even to the point where people are moving about the set, there you see people coming in as these silent stagehands, removing props and moving the backgrounds, <laughs> resetting. Yeah. You've got people playing invisible props and always looking that at that was that was wild. I, I, yeah, I loved that too. I was like, now more than ever, I think I made this argument when we were watching um, uh, the French Dispatch. I was like. I, I'm kind of shocked at this point that he has not put on a play or written a play Same. and directed it. And everyone was kind of like, no, no, that's not what he is meant for. It would not be a good play. It wouldn't really translate very well. I'm like, this now more than ever, I'm like, it sounds like or it looks like he's really wanting to do a play. Oh, yeah. I think this puts that argument to bed, <laughs> like, completely. 
I, I really just loved all of uh, just the way that this was, this was written. And I think it was it was uh, I read uh, the interview that he did in the New York Times and he talks about how he this is a story that he has wanted to tell for almost his entire career. And he's always just really struggled to come up with a way to tell the story because he without ruining Roald Dahl's uh you know, w- without changing his words too much, without adapting it too much. Right. And I, re- I really just, I love the fact that he kind of just, it, it's just, apparently this is essentially just the story, the short story, like verbatim almost. And they're just, they're, they're literally just reading out the story aside from some changes here or there. Mm-hmm. And I just, I felt like that was such a nice, respectful way to pay tribute to Roald Dahl's work. But it isn't just that, like he really elevates it so much and makes it his own, even though it's, almost verbatim this other author's words which is just i i don't know if there's any other director that could pull that off as well as he can yeah and you can really just see his his influences um it, it, it's shining because like roald Dahl is clearly an author that he loves and just listening to these characters speak in this way you can see where he's sort of pulled influence from from roald Dahl over the years even in the right the, fra- the whole frame story thing in this um, in that New York Times interview, he he brings up the fact that like you know the the fact that that was I think it was first in Grand Budapest Hotel, and it's yeah. I think I've been I think it's been in each movie since. I, I it's it it seems to like have really inspired him from a younger age, and it's just really cool to see that. Uh, it, it's cool to see it reflected directly, and it's just nice that these are short films, and yeah, it's okay to adapt something like the wonderful story of Henry Sugar. And just keep it around forty minutes. You don't need to stretch these stories out. Like it can just be a short story, and I really appreciate that about this because it doesn't. It doesn't. This doesn't need to be extended in any way or expanded upon. It's it's perfect at the length that it is, and it run. It just runs. It's so breezy and quick. And I, I just, I found myself really wanting to watch it again after I, after I finished it. You could, I mean, these themes have definitely. This exact same theme has definitely been explored in longer films. But here, I'm like, there's just such a beauty in the way that he decides to condense it, the way that he tries to make it feel very contained. Almost like you are watching a story being read to you. It's like, that's the closest I've ever come to feeling like when you're a kid and your parents or someone reads a book to you and that Mm -hmm. sense of kind of coming in and visualizing everything that's going on. I'm like, this gave me such a beautiful sense of that. All four of them did to, you know, one extent or another. And I watched this with subtitles, so now I'm like, I actually feel like I can safely say that I have now read all of these short stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I did watch it with subtitles, too, because now, now getting older, is like, oh, gosh, okay, I, I hope I can hear what they're saying, but I don't <laughs> know 100%. Um, I, it, it, the, the movie, or the, the short, is so wonderful, and um, it's... <laughs> uh, I I think that uh, like to your point where you're talking about Ryan with the the interview is that it's like oh th- this feels like the most Wes Andersy Wes Anderson it's only mm-hmm. because of like oh now I see one of the other places that he was completely inspired by that we he hasn't really touched just yet or at least the, the extent wait was Fantastic Mr Fox rolled all yes yeah yeah okay that's right well. So it's just like okay, we'll adapt all of it. Like he should have done uh, Willy Wonka. Right. As, uh, oh my god. I had the exact same like, thought. Think about that. Like that would have been be the fucking greatest amazing. Thing in the world. Amazing. Yeah. Right down to Timothy Chalamet being in. I'm like, wow, you guys have already worked together. Like this would be exactly. so perfect. Actually, right I just there. I, yeah, I just thought of that. Like, why didn't he do that? Like that would be so good. Uh, 
and everyone would fucking love it probably uh anyway uh so i feel robbed uh, i i feel i feel a little robbed now <laughs> um I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch is like a welcome addition to the stable of actors. And and so is uh, Ben Kingsley, which I was like, wait a minute. Has he not been in any uh, Wes Anderson stuff before? Has he not? I don't think so. No, it's actually kind of surprising. He just fits. He just fits right in like perfectly. Right. I really I it, I don't know. He, he fits in that stable of actors so well. It was yeah. also just amazing seeing Ray Fiennes again. Yeah. And I don't think Rupert Friend does has either. Uh, Asteroid City. Oh, He's he did. That. OK. Yeah. I actually have not yeah. seen that one. So he, he was he was playing a cowboy in uh, Asteroid City. So he's oh, a very, right. very different character. I was like, oh, that's funny. Um, and Dev Patel, like Dev Patel's delivery in this. Uh, well, I guess let's let's go to the next one. So we could do a, let's do a grade for all of it together, because uh, I think I know what our grades would be anyway. Uh, I agree. But Poison uh, was another one uh, mm-hmm. that it's it's uh, the rest of these shorts are like 17 minutes there or. Pff, they're really like maybe two, 14 and there's like three minutes of credits. Uh, these are super bite-sized, really easy to get through. And Poison, uh, all it is, is that Dave Patel is, I guess he's a cop uh, or something like that. And uh, he's he's going back home and he's trying not to disturb his, one of the, I guess the chief of police or something like that. It's played by uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. And uh, he walks into the room and he sees him awake in, in his bed and he's trying to whisper. He's like, take off your shoes. He's like, don't just walk over here. It's like, and don't talk loud. I'm like, what is going on? And he tells him that there is a poisonous snake on his stomach when, uh, and the snake just like found somewhere warm to take a nap, but it's also a deadly venomous uh, snake. And so like, what do we do? And then we get the doctor, Ben Kingsley is a doctor. And this whole like ridiculousness is like kind of unfolds trying to figure out how to actually get this off his belly. And uh, and it's it's really funny and sweet. And then it has this really like poignant turn that is impactful as hell that kind of changes the whole story Mm -hmm. Uh, because it's about a fear of like not knowing if you like facing death and then may or may not like actually have been a deadly situation to begin with. But then also your true self coming out even further to where maybe you're a racist prick who knew um which was a very shocking thing but i was like oh my god this is this makes it like one of the better short films because i at first i thought this is more of just like the funny one mm-hmm. uh and uh, kind of like rat catcher uh so it's like oh okay and then it just like flips upside down it's a gut punch moment yeah very gut punch that's exactly what i wrote in my notes i was like wow no that was something that just takes the air out of you at the end because Mm -hmm. it completely uh it completely changes your perception of everything that you've seen prior to that it reminds me of some of the better and more disturbing black mirror episodes i've seen in the past right and and i think that something that i love about this one that translates to uh, like the rat catcher as well that I really love is I feel like Wes Anderson again by like directly adapting these stories and just letting Roald Dahl's like words shine he really uh, I, I feel like his prose is so perfect and descriptive that in so many scenes like you don't even really need to see what you're afraid of like like the snake the, like the snake in this story you don't mm-hmm. really end up seeing it it's just the way that the characters are describing it and it's the same thing with the the rat catcher like mm-hmm. there are scenes where they're literally they're describing something that they're holding 
um, and you're not seeing it quite exactly. It's just it's all the it's pantomime just, acting. It's yeah. all the pantomime acting, and um, it really that it allows the actors to shine too in a lot of ways. And they could have easily, you know, like it's someone else who was a little bit more literal who adapted this would probably do some some CGI or something yeah. that just directly shows you. And I, I just I really like that it it allows you to like use your imagine, imagination, use yes. your imagination. And and I, I feel like I don't see uh, a lot of shows. Uh, or movies do that enough Mm -hmm. it's it's such a a great like artistic choice choice that Mm -hmm. he made like going back to what you're saying earlier is that i guess he was thinking about this for years and trying to figure out the best way to do this and like man i'm so glad he took this long to figure it out because he almost went like back to even more basics like as Mm -hmm. if they didn't have the budget to show a steak or whatever it was but then again they have the budget to do sets that just come off the ground so they can just walk through areas easily uh, as they move forward it's like this is the craziest shit i've seen uh but um man the poison was great but more for deb patel who his line delivery is so articulate and so fast that I was like stunned how quickly he was getting through some of these lines. I was like, I was like, oh my god, what the fuck? I know I couldn't uh, I even like, do it that well if the lines were like right in front of my face and I could see no. them on the page. Yeah, uh, but for the the four of them, like the or the three of them to shine in this, uh, uh, with Benedict Cumberbatch again playing a different character, which was great, and then but Ben Kingsley and Deb Patel, like I, I get having these actors in Wes Anderson movies is like, wow, what a welcome stable, like welcome addition to the, the, his <laughs> whole stable that he has. Cause then I'm thinking about like, okay, so he's obviously trying to become this algamation of Robert Altman, uh, Stanley Kubrick. And, uh, what's the guy's name that did, uh, Harold and Maude. Um, uh, Oh shit. Oh, he did, uh, damn it. Hal Ashby. Al, yes. Hal Ashby. Uh, like all three of them like combined uh, with like the filming technique and just the, the meticulous nature of how he's shooting things with like so many different characters and people that you see like r- with Robert Altman and the Hal Ashby where you have like these gut punch but also sweet great moments with all these different characters that you end up loving to pieces and I I love I would love to see at some point just some big big movie that he does where everyone who's been in any of his movies are like kind of come back together because it's just like i just want to it's i feel like he's like just do end game wes anderson you get out all of them <laughs> oh like do your end game let's go to the next one uh the rat catcher uh this one was more <laughs> i would say the uh more darker or like oh and actually that's not true the swan is pretty dark uh but well more snide and kind of weird. It definitely has a dark spirit to to it. Very dark, uh, yeah. like very mischievous spirit to it. For sure. Uh, it was one of the few times like, could he do a horror movie? Because uh, oh, there are shots in it that was kind of like, I love the look of this and I've never seen you do this before. Uh, Richard Ayode uh, is, uh, I guess, the editor of a local newspaper. Uh, and then right next door is uh, uh, Rupert Friend, who is um, basically calls the the rat catcher uh, or the rat man uh, played by Ray Fiennes, who is a rat catcher, and because uh, there are rats in the little uh, the hay field or something like that uh, across the the way, and so the 
the rat catcher, the, the whole story is really for him to explain how much of a expert he is in killing rats. And there's like different methods, but his methods are the best. And the way that Richard Ide is um, narrating it is so interesting where he is developing Ray Fiennes' rat catcher almost like for him. And then you get to see, mm. like you are saying, Melina, like just the, the physical acting of everyone is so cool and interesting. And you also just forget like, oh yeah, I forgot Ray Fiennes is one of the greatest actors ever uh, oh li- my God. living. Well, He's so, so crazy. That's the thing. It's, it's like, crazy. If Wes Anderson has done nothing else for humanity, it's to prove that not every character that Ray Fiennes plays has to be brooding or just flat out evil. Like he can, right. he's actually like incredibly funny. Like his comedic timing is some of the best I've ever seen. And oh, yeah. the guy can apparently do every iteration of the British accent to absolute perfection. And it's a joy yeah. to watch him do it. Uh, here in particular, this is some of the most like deadpan physical comedy acting I've seen from him. It's hysterical. And I think that second, maybe actually even equal to Henry Sugar, this is the one that I thought was the most visually creative in how they did a lot of their gimmicks. It's like they play yeah. with everything. It's like, yeah, they, mm-hmm. they do the pantomiming. They do the very creative camera shots. and Stop motion. Stop motion. Yeah, they bring that in. And they also do a lot, with, almost like uh, mime acting at mm-hmm. a certain point. Well, yeah, because... They, uh, the 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 deal is that like Ray finds you know uh, tasked to kill all these rats. It's not going the way that he wants, and so he's trying to like basically show off that he still has as it has it in him to kill rats. And then the the whole this is where it turns. It this feels like the most rolled uh, rolled dolls like esque where it like almost gets into like Willy Wonka territory, where it's just like ah oh, well let me go like just one step into not like fantasy, but just like at a point, like did that really happen? Like, cause these are all based yeah. on true stories uh, seemingly and, uh, or just like accounts. And uh, the, the way this scene where he, gen- he um, basically their rat man uh, faces off with a live rat or uh, a stop motion little rat, which is really cute and funny uh, how they play with it. Um, he, it goes kind of like a Dutch angle horror vibe where He's going to kill this rat, but not using his hands, his feet, not sitting on it, not doing anything else. He is just going to do something. And I don't necessarily want to spoil it because it's like it kind of explains everything. And it ends up yeah. becoming super dark and like horror-esque because the other characters, River Friend and Richard Ayde, is kind of like, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and because even as an audience, you're just like, and the way that he even explains it too, is just like, God, this is so brilliant. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I love this one. It was really, really cool. Then the last short, the Swan. Now I, this was the first one I actually saw after Henry sugar. And I have to admit, I think I love this one the most, uh, out of all of them. Um, I, the, the, the swan, okay, the, the way that this is done is that Rupert Friend play, uh, well, at first he's just the narrator, and the it's so well shot. It's it's crazy how this is done. But he's basically telling a story about these two asshole kids in England that have a gun, they're trying to, like, shoot birds, and they come across this really geeky kid. Uh, oh, what's his name? Um, Peter. Uh, Pete, Peter Watson. Um, Peter Watson. 
who is uh, watching birds. And, uh, and they just end up terrorizing him. And Rupert Friend is explaining this. And he also explains that he is Peter Watson, but grown up. And uh, explaining that this is a trauma that happened to him where it, it, takes, uh, it goes to places where they uh, tie him up and put him on train tracks and the train has to go over him. They, uh, like, they kill a swan. They put, like, the wings on him. He has to, like, jump off a tree and try to fly. Like, all these different things. But the whole, really, uh, story is just about, like, uh, you know, facing, uh, you know, advertisement. Like, just getting through it. And then finding the hero in yourself. I was like, whoa, I was not expecting any of that. And I thought this was so beautifully written. But Rupert Friend, I don't know that much else I've seen of his. But I was like, where the fuck has he been? Like, this is an incredible performance uh, by him. And uh, and this has got really, like, the, the stage hands got really stage handy where yeah. they're, like, uh, handing things left and right, back and forth. Uh, this one felt like, oh, my God, this could have been, like, a one-act or, pff, I, I, I don't know, one-scene play. And, like, this would have been the, the one of the greatest plays I've ever seen. I, I loved this one. Yeah. Uh, but what would you guys think? <laughs> I loved this one as well. I will say at first, because I had watched this back to back like you did with Henry Sugar, which is so bombastic with what it does visually, this one's far more mm -hmm. minimal in what it does. Mm -hmm. It's like basically the entirety of the setting is taking place as they're walking through what looks like a maze of like dry brush hedges or something yeah, exactly. like that yeah. like yeah very very dry brush and you have people coming in out of these doors that are built into these hedges you've got actors coming in and out but it's very but most of it it rests on Rupert Friend to play essentially many roles in one mm -hmm. and yeah I've got to say guys I've seen some I've seen many uh an anti-bullying films in my life yeah this probably rang among the truest of any I've seen and yeah it is it is a heartbreaker. And it's just so powerful. It's just so powerful that Peter as an adult is like reflecting back on this and having to relive these moments. Like I just, I, that, I, I found that to be like the most, that, the most impactful part of it. I, I really, really, uh, it, it, it really, really hit home in, yeah. in a lot of ways. Like they, this is, yeah, I, I completely agree, Melina. Yeah. Him um, doing the voices of the two kids that were bullying him and terrorizing him uh, and, and like giving them their own little accents like, hey, pay, uh, like what are you doing? Just pull, blah, 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 blah. Uh, just like it, it, there, there's so much emotion because that's one argument you could say about with uh, Wes Anderson characters that uh, which people complained about with Christopher Nolan too is like, oh, there's like no heart in like any of his movies. Like, well, I don't know what movie you're fucking watching. Uh, like th there's the, I, what I love about Wes Anderson characters, at least the way that he writes them and how the actors portray them, is that they they're trying to hold it together. Like they're they're usually confident in what they're doing, and you could see that in a performance. But they're damaged people, and this one in particular, for sure, is uh, about one who is like he's trying to keep it together because he's telling you the story uh, to the best of his you know uh, uh, memory. And it's like it's kind of coming back to him. It feels like where he's mm -hmm. like he there's anger in some of the way like uh, lines that he delivers. And uh, I was like, he's like, I don't want to do this. Uh, like it's it's so wonderful. And the way that it's shot, like out of all, I mean, Henry Sugar is incredible, of course. But like this one in particular, 
the way that they are filming down these uh, these uh, walls of hay or dried brush or whatever they are um, was really interesting. And uh, I just loved like the framing of everything and how it was put together. And it, 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 it felt really fast, too. It, like mm-hmm. I was kind of like when it got to the, the train tracks, like, oh, I guess we're done. It was like, oh, wait, this is only like four minutes in. Like, what the hell's going on? And like, what else is there? And then it gets way out of hand <laughs> at times. It's just like, oh, my God. Well, this is the one that felt the most of all of them like a stage play to me, where it's like you're really mm-hmm. having to find alternatives to a big budget effects team. It's like right. even what they do with the train, they do something really, really creative with that, where it's like, okay, so he's lying on the train track and he holds up a piece of paper that the audience can see where he's like, well, here's what the train looks like now. It's a dot. And a few moments yeah. later, it's like he turns the page. Now it's a little bigger. Here's a picture of the train looking like this. But then when the train actually comes through, it's like you don't actually see it. You, what, what you it's get. It's a gust of is, wind it's on a, him. It's wind. It's a close-up of him. And I'm like, yeah, you probably couldn't do that. You wouldn't have the same effect with a stage play. You, the audience, would have to kind of come in and you kind of have to uh, compensate for what they're not doing. But with that's like the brilliant thing about what Wes Anderson does here. It's like he takes the camera and he merges it mm-hmm. with what a stage play can't do, to where it's like, all right, well, I'm going to do an extreme close-up to where it doesn't matter that you can't see the train. You still feel claustrophobic. Right. You still feel the effect. And I was just sitting there watching that just in awe of what he was able to come up with. And I'm like... Especially to pe- this is like just a message to people who have seen a ton of Wes Anderson films and may have felt like he is falling into maybe the Tim Burton trap of doing the same thing over and over, falling back on the same gimmicks. Mm-hmm. Watch these, like watch all of them, watch any of them, and I promise you, yeah, you're going to be rewarded because this actually kind of feels like the freshest thing he's done in a really long time. Well, let's go to final thoughts, uh, Ryan. How about you lead us off? Yeah, yeah, I, I really, uh, this, this, it, it was just so amazing getting so many different like Wes Anderson projects this year, uh, in general, and I really loved seeing Wes Anderson. Just, I, I know he's, you know, he's, he's adapted Fantastic Mr. Fox and uh, other, other things in the past, but just getting to him, getting to see him adapt something that he clearly loves so much, and getting to kind of see a little bit inside of, of himself and. D- d- that the I felt like we really got to see into like his influence a little bit with this yeah uh, these projects and I think that anyone who likes Wes Anderson should should check this out and like you said Melina if you're not totally sold on Wes Anderson and if you feel like he's maybe kind of doing the same thing over and over again I feel like this is this this felt really really refreshing because I I saw some critics even say that they they felt like a shorter format worked better for his for his work like a shorter breezier format and that was something that i really liked about this i would like to see netflix and other platforms give directors like wes anderson um who are just really creative unique directors short films projects to for their platforms because i i I feel like it's not every story needs to be dragged out to like 90 minutes two hours three hours and I feel like these are just perfect and breezy and you can just put one on and um, I enjoyed every second of this I, I going into this I was thinking maybe I'd give it a nine but I'm, I'm just gonna say fuck it like I, I don't have any genuine Mm-mm. critiques of these so um, I'm gonna give the this uh, 10 out of 10 more roll doll adaptations from Wes Anderson because why not uh, Melina, what are your final thoughts? I I think I've made no secret of this. I absolutely loved every single one of these. Um, I think that 
there is something to be said for in what order you decide to watch these. Because sure. if you're me, I watched Henry Sugar first, and then I watched right. the other three. Uh, I think it, depending on what kind of day you want to have, uh, <laughs> like, uh, if you want to come out of your day in a better mood after watching all four of these, uh, watch Henry Sugar at the end. Yeah. And it's a good call, actually. Yeah, let the first three go. Um, if you're like me and you do like a little bit of cinnamon in your coffee, then uh, yeah, enjoy enjoy the optimism of Henry Sugar, and then feast your eyes to the more cynical side of Roald Dahl with the other three. But right. I think all four of them are absolutely astonishing and beautiful in their own way. Wes Anderson and Roald Dahl, I think, are such a match made in heaven. Like. I can't think of a more perfect person to adapt his work. Their energies just sync up that perfectly. Incredible performances all around. Some of, I think, career best that I've seen from Ben Kingsley in a while. And I mean, that's saying yeah. something. I absolutely love that guy. And yeah, I, I really cannot recommend this enough, every single one of them, to everyone, whether you're a Wes Anderson fan or not, because you may find yourself being one at the end. In fact, I would kind of guarantee it. So I am going to give this also a fuck it, 10 out of 10 uh, red licorice sticks. <laughs> 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 Which I immediately went to Reddit. I was like, I have to make sure that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was just thinking uh, as you guys were talking, I was like, oh my God, wouldn't it be great if, because um, again, his stable of actors that he has is is insane. Um, but also having uh, Ray Fiennes back in a Wes Anderson movie because I loved uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh, yeah. And he's so good in that. Um, but then I was thinking, like, oh, my God, wouldn't that be great if there was some kind of, like, buddy movie that Wes Anderson would make but with Jeffrey Wright and Ray Fiennes? I'm like, mm, oh, just, oh, like, yeah. eat that up. Um, but I, I loved all of these. Uh, I think The Swan is probably my favorite. Uh, and... But again, they're all like equally incredible and excellent. Um, I just think that, you know, I, I'm I'm a just I've been a big, a really big fan of Wes Anderson for years. Ever since I first saw Rushmore, I think it was like, you know, when I was younger when that came out. I was still uh, I was still in middle school, getting into high school at that point. And when I finally saw it, because my my mom was like, "We got to watch this movie." And like, because it has Bill Murray and he's funny. And then we watched, we're like, whoa, this is way different. And um, and then when Royal Tenenbaums came out, I was already living in Austin at that point. Or no, no, I wasn't yet. Um, but that was like one of the, that was the first movie I ever saw in Austin. I was just visiting at the time. So he holds a very like special place in my heart and like memory more than most other directors. And just, so to see him like evolve in a way where he's like finding himself more and more about like the director that he really wants to be. And these four shorts are just an excellent example of that. It just brings me so much joy. And these are, these are just a, uh, like you said, Melina is like, it's just a match made in heaven with him and Roald Dahl. It was like, I can't believe that he doesn't do this like all the time, <laughs> like just like adapt his stories. Like it's kind of crazy, but, uh, I loved him, and I'm not going to say fuck it because it doesn't deserve it, it. It deserves a true, just unadulterated ten out of ten. It is this. These these are all absolutely perfect. I cannot fathom of what criticism you can even give these. 
but I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 poison oats because uh, sometimes you need some poison oats to get the job done. <laughs> <laughs>